Philippians, right there where you are, we're going to pray and then get to the word. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence today. I sense it strong. And I ask, Lord, as I preach, Lord, a word that you dropped in my heart late this week, Lord, that I, be I believe was 100% from you for today, for this group of people at this time. Lord, I thank you for bringing it alive in their hearts. I thank you for dropping uh, a revelation knowledge into their spirits. Lord, that every person in here, as we've already decreed, leaves different. That they leave here different from the way they came in. And we give you all the praise for it. We give you all the honor for it. We thank you in advance and receive it by faith. And if you agree with that today, will you just shout out with me and say, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Yesterday, my family, I had the opportunity to go to a birthday party. And this birthday party was at a trampoline park. And so we're at this trampoline park. We're jumping all around like you do. We have, we have three little kids. So uh, our kids are six, five, and three. So um, I've got, you know, I've got the socks on. If you've never been to a trampoline park, you have to wear the socks. But I'm not really jumping, you know. But kind of just every once in a while, I just kind of just test it out. Just make sure I still got it, you know what I mean? Make sure nobody's looking and just see how high I can go, you know. And so we're, we're doing our thing. And um, we're standing over with some other parents over by this one kind of inflatable area. And uh, it had this, this rock wall kind of thing. Um, but it wasn't a rock wall because it's inflatable. But where the kids could climb up. And it was really cool. It had all kinds of um, stuff happening. Well, we, um, huh, we're standing there. And I look up, and all of a sudden, I see Kaylee climbing up. Kaylee's our six-year-old, so she's the oldest, and she's normally pretty trepidatious. She's not really one to, like, do this sort of thing. So I was, I caught my eye because I'm like, oh, that's cool. She's climbing to the, to the top, and it, it didn't look, you know, to me, as a six-foot, almost six-foot person, I'm like, yeah, that look, I mean, it doesn't look that bad, but for her, that's kind of big, you know, so I'm, I'm proud of her. And uh, we're just hanging out. I'm, you know how it is. If, if you're a parent of more than one kid, you're trying to keep your eyes on everybody. All of a sudden, I kid you not, all of a sudden, we hear, and I know this might not be the best phrase, but this is how my mom and daddy told me to say it, and so this is how I'm going to say it today. We heard Kaylee scream bloody murder. I'm talking about scream at the top of her lungs. I, it's, we joke later, it kind of sounded like she was trying out for a horror film. I mean, I mean, it was, I don't even want to try to emulate it because I wouldn't do it justice. It was the most pitch-perfect, high-pitched scream. Now, if you are a parent like I am, and you've ever been in a public place like this, you know how it goes. When this happens, and you're the parent, and your child is the one that gets hurt or does something obnoxious or draws a lot of attention, you do not have to look around. Or no, it's like you have eyes in the back of your head. Every eyeball in that place is looking over to that situation, looking for the parent and wanting to know what you're going to do. You know, this is what happens. And then my wife, who I love greatly, looks up at her, looks down at me and says, that's on you. No joke. I couldn't even react fast enough. She was quick, man. If y'all ever met my wife, she's quick. She's on it. She said, nope, that's on you. Go get her. So I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? I do not dare look around at the 300 people who are looking at me, what you going to do? And she's continuously screaming, by the way. It has not stopped. She is, I mean, just, I don't even want to try to emulate it. I thought about doing it, but I just, I can't, I, it was, just imagine horror film screaming, somebody's coming at her with an ax. That's what it sounds like. She's screaming. I'm not going to turn around and I think, how am I going to handle this? So I step up on the little platform and I think I'm going to try the tough dad approach first. So I start trying to coach her. Kaylee, and I get, get her calmed down enough to listen to me. She's still kind of screaming, but not quite so loud. I'm like, you, you can come down. You've got yourself up there. You can come down. You got yourself. Come on, you can get down. And some of the other kids from the party start trying to help. And some other girl I didn't know, she felt like she was going to be the savior, I guess. She's trying to help. And we finally get Kaylee to take a couple steps down, a couple more steps, and we get her down. Well, about 45 seconds later, she's fine. She's fine. Like, I thought, man, this is going to ruin the day. Are we going to be, like, you know, uh, uh, having, like, kind of, you know, cater to her the rest of the day? Like, you don't know how kids are going to respond to stuff. She was fine. She, she was totally fine. Back to normal, just go, went about her business. Well, 
um, that was about, I don't know, 45 minutes into the two hour window that you have. So we did cake, we did all that other stuff. And um, I had gone up to one area with her and we're starting to leave. And uh, I look up at the wall and I say, I'm gonna do the wall. I didn't see the other side. I didn't see the top. I had no idea what she saw. But I decide, I'm gonna do it. No, daddy, don't do it. It's just me and her walking, everybody else is gone. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go up there. You wanna do it with me? No, daddy, no, no, no. I'm gonna do it, baby. I'm gonna show you. I, I thought, I'm gonna just show her. I think it'd be good for her to see that it's not as bad as you think. And so I climb up, and as I climb up, I get I have a real proud dad moment because I climb up and I look around and she's climbing up with me. And I'm like, oh, this is great. And so I climb up to the top and I get up to the top and the top is about as thin as this step and then a straight 90 degree drop the whole way down in this platform. Now, I know because I saw another platform like this that the platform is soft, but it does not look soft. And I realized quickly, no wonder she screamed because it's a big drop and it looks, it looks very intimidating, even to me, and I'm up there and it's an inflatable, so it's not the most stable thing. You can feel it moving because she's climbing, I'm at the top and it's wobbling. And I could realize that she was nervous. She, I mean, she could fall. She didn't really want to do the jump. She just wanted to climb. She didn't think there was, you know, you're going to climb up there and then a few inches on the other side have this 10-foot drop or whatever it is or look like it. I don't think it was quite 10-foot, but it was a good drop. So I've now got a decision. I can teach my child we quit, we stop, we go back, or I can make her jump. And I decide, you know what? Even if she's got to jump with me, we're going to jump. So I did to the best of my ability. I got her up there. She starts kind of starting to scream again. I'm like, don't, don't you scream. Just like that. Don't you scream. Don't scream. I'm still not looking around because I know I can see there's some eyeballs back on me. You know, not, maybe not the whole place again, but there's eyeballs back on me. So I'm like, we're going to do this. No, daddy, no. No, we're going to do this. And so sometimes as a parent, I don't know about you, but this is what I've determined and kind of how my dad was. Sometimes you got to just make them do it. So eventually the talking and the coercing was not working. And I picked her up, scooped her up. I didn't even count to three because I, I don't even know if I wanted to count to three because I was starting to get a little nervous and jumped off. Boom, we land down on the thing. I look over, she's got kind of a half smile. And I'm like, that was fun. That was great. And she starts kind of starting to whimper again. I'm like, no, that was, that was, that was great. That was, <laughs> you know, you start trying to make it positive. And I'm like, hey, Kaylee, you did it. You did it. You jumped off. You climbed up and you jumped off. I'm proud of you. And we climbed out of the little area and then ended up leaving. You know, my parents taught me when I was younger, and my dad really probably more than anybody because I raced dirt bikes, that, that you don't quit. And whenever I would wreck in a dirt bike, like if you hit a jump in a dirt bike or in a race or whatever, there's this thing that gets in your head where when you hit the jump, am I going to wreck again? And so my dad was always good. He said, no, before we leave this track, you're going to hit that jump again. He wouldn't let me quit. And so I taught that same lesson to Kaylee yesterday. We don't quit. We're not going to quit. We're going to do it. If something kind of defeats you, we're going to go at it again until you defeat it. You will not quit. You will not quit. I was talking to one of the families in the church. I don't I don't think you guys mind. Miss Ashley had a, uh, uh, Miss Ashley Jackson had a situation with a family member. There was a train accident in uh, Lakeland, Florida yesterday. Yesterday? And uh, sorry, Miss Ashley, I didn't know where you were. I hear you at the back somewhere. I can't see you. There you go. I see your hand. Okay. So uh, her father was on this train. The train is, 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 it's an Amtrak. So I don't know what speed it was traveling, but Amtrak speed and a semi truck full of cars it pulls out in front of the train the train hits the cars and smashes all the cars the first uh um car in the amtrak the i don't know what he, the, the controller one actually derails and seven people out of um a little under 200 passengers were injured and he happened to be one of them well praise god we and we knew they were they would be fine and they contacted us and we prayed and believed with him. And sure enough, he went to the hospital and he was fine. But the reason I brought up this story was not only is that, well, first of all, the reason I brought it up, isn't that a testimony of how good God is? Amen. The, the guy who told the, 
the interview or who interviewed the, with the news, who was part of the, the team said, we expected when we came up on the scene, if you saw the wreckage, if you saw all the cars, there were mangled cars everywhere, cars underneath the train, we expected to see deaths and there were none. Well, I believe that's because he was on that train and there were probably others as well who were Holy Ghost people protected by God. Amen. I really believe that. To God be the glory. But the other reason I brought it up is because I was really happy this morning to hear, um, because he was on that train, to come here to see the family. That he's on a train again today and is traveling down. And I thought, you know, that's great. You, you, can't, you can't quit. You can't let something like that defeat you. Another time I was traveling with Pastor Steve, my pastor, and uh, this was back before I was a pastor. I was just on staff at the church, and we were driving from Florida, South Carolina, down to Lakeland, Florida, uh, which happens to be where Family Worship Center Lakeland is from, and uh, where, where, where it is. And so we're going out of Lakeland, Florida, and uh, there was a funeral we were going to, and um, it was early in the morning. We both had cups of coffee filled up. You know, I had my to-go cup. He had his to-go cup. And I picked him up, and we're heading down to Lakeland, Florida, going down 95 South. I'm driving, and uh, that's part of why I think he wanted me to go, so I would drive. And uh, we decided to take my car. And so I'm driving, and uh, this truck's in the right lane. I'm in the left lane. I'm going to pass the truck, and the truck starts to come over. Well, I think, you know, uh, you know how you do subconsciously. I'm just going to give him some space, but I'm watching the truck. As I look up, I see a sign like one of those I don't know what the sign said I, I know now but at the time it was quick well then I hear Pastor Steve say don't do it but I was already committed I didn't feel like I could go back to the right I went to the left and dodged the sign so I went off the embankment down well the weeds were really tall grass was really tall and you know those um, turnaround spots like where the police turn around that's what the sign was the sign said you know um, for, for police use only or whatever and it was one of those turnarounds well again it's going too fast. I'm doing 70 plus miles an hour. Not enough time to process. The weeds are too tall. I don't realize it. And we hit that embankment like the Dukes of Hazard. Launch up. My forerunner is up in the air. And I'm not joking to you. It felt like the Matrix. Oh, I look over and Pastor Steve's like, there's, there's coffee flying through the air. I got pretty sure like one drop, I was like, just kidding. But it really was like, like stuff was, I mean, it was, we launched the car. I would have loved, you know, now there's all this dash cam footage. Like I would love to have like a dash cam coming the other way that could have seen our car. It had to look like Duke, Dukes of Hazard. The truck didn't stop. No one stopped. But thank God we landed out of all the whole area in the only muddy, soft area and it did some damage to my car, but I'm still driving the car, so it wasn't that bad. And um, landed. Of course, we were a little sore and all that. But um, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really want to get back in the car. We had just left. I didn't want to get back in the car and keep driving. But Pastor Steve knew what my dad knew and what I talked to my daughter yesterday. Quitting's not an option. And that if you are going to ever drive a car again, that if you leave, leave a bunch of time and leave a bunch of air, uh, um, um, air out there, you're going to end up overthinking this and be nervous about driving. And then better go ahead and defeat the nerves right now and not quit. So we did everything we needed to, got the car where it needed to go. He rented a car. We got in the car and drove to Florida, and I drove. Because you're not going to quit. And, and I, I guess I determined not to quit. Are you there in Ephesians 6? I want to read the scripture to you and all the tie all this together. You ready? Therefore, this is verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and it goes on to list, the armor of God, which many of us know about. It goes on to list all the pieces of the armor. But look at the end of verse 13 and the beginning of verse 14. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having done all to stand, stand. I want to talk to you today about the number one way you can stop yourself from quitting. 
the number one way you can determine in your life to stand, to keep standing. Because if you look at this scripture, several other scriptures I can show you today, and some I probably won't get to that I'll show you next time, tell us one thing that's very important for us to understand. It's on me not to quit. It's on us not to quit. It's on us. God's equipped us. He's shown us. There's a couple things. Before I give you this reason, I want to break some stuff down to you that you need to understand about standing firm. First, you need to understand that God has instructed us not to quit and to stand firm. God's, it's an instruction from God. This is an a, 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 a emphatic statement, stand. Having done all to stand, stand. And then he tells us something else that you have to understand. I've equipped you to stand. I've equipped you to not quit. And he talks about the armor of God and praying always. And he talks about all these things. He's saying, I've given you the equipment, but sometimes we think about the equipment and we don't think about the command. The first command and the reason we have the equipment is because I need to stand firm. I need to stand firm. I need to keep my feet on solid ground and not waver back and forth, not be tossed to and fro with every sound, every unsound, every wave of doctrine. No, I need to stand firm in what I believe, which means, number one, I need to know what I believe, and then I need to stand. Having done all to stand, having done all to stand, having done all to stand, Stand. Having done all to stand, stand. The other thing you need to realize is we're capable. You're actually capable of not quitting. See, some of you have determined because maybe everyone around you quit, and you may not even realize you have a tendency or a habit. You're a habitual quitter. And your habitual quitting in other areas of your life actually shows up in your faith walk, actually shows up in your your, your, the way your relationship has developed with God is a, is a start and stop, start and stop, start and stop. I, just, I, I do this for a little bit, and then I quit. I do this for a little bit, and then I quit. But God is literally instructing us here in Ephesians 6 through the Apostle Paul, stand, having done all to stand, having done everything you can with every fiber in your being, do not quit. Do not quit. Do not quit. No matter what you do, he's instructing the church at Ephesus, don't quit. I'm telling you guys, don't quit. Put on the belt of truth. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Take up the shield of faith. Get that helmet of salvation because you can't afford to quit. You've got something great in store for you. You've got God on your side and he'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. Don't quit. Don't quit. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, church, don't quit. I'll, I'm looking at today at a room full of people who you may have been before today, but going forward, you're not quitters. You're not quitters. You're stand firmers. You're solid foundationers. You're people that are standing on the firm foundation of God and his word, and you're not going to quit. If, you're, if that's you today, let your amen be the loudest. Amen. Amen. You're not a quitter. You're not a quitter. And you know why you're not a quitter? Some of the things you need to, to understand about quitting. Some of the things you need to understand about standing firm. When you stand firm, you tick off the devil. When you stand firm, you make the devil lucrative. You know why? Do you know why you make the devil mad? Because he's a cheap quitter. All he, all he can do is quit. He is a designed quitter. He is a, that's what he does. He's a quitter. He's a uh, uh, um, um, constant quitter. That's what he does is quit. Did you know this? Just think, of, just think about this. Wrap your head around this thought. Perseverance is not a fruit of hell. Perseverance is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you're filled with God's Spirit, perseverance is what comes along with that. The devil is the one that wants you to quit. He's the one that wants you to stop. He wants you to come alongside of him and quit. You don't have to keep doing this. You don't have to stand firm. We're talking about faith. We're talking about believing God for the things that are happening in your life and not quitting. When the world comes at you and it seems like you can't make it, quit. When you're at the top and you get to the top and you look over and you see it's a steep drop, you scream and you quit. You don't take the jump because that would be, that would take me having faith and realizing that even though it's a jump, that there's a firm foundation there and it's a much easier to scream and just let somebody come and help me and help me back down to my safe little spot. 
my safe little area and quit. It's easy to quit. It's easy to stop. It's actually what I want you to understand, even though it seems harder to quit, it's actually, if you're trusting God's word and you're leaning God's word, it's actually easier to walk by faith. The reason I say that is because although it takes more gumption, the world will teach you the easy way out. The easy way out is to quit. But you know what Jesus said? My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Satan, Satan is a liar. He's the father of all lies. He's the daddy liar. And what he'll do is convince you that, see, if you quit, then it'll be safe. But if you'll stand firm and actually trust in God, if you'll actually lean on God. See, I, I guess I've learned through all my experiences that the, the tendency to quit is always there. It's, the, it's not the easiest thing to do. It's the easiest out. It's the easiest way out. It's not the easiest thing to do. It's the easiest out. The easy thing to do, actually, is to, when I feel like I'm doing it all myself, and I feel like I'm carrying all the weight, and I feel like it's only going to come to pass if I work harder, it's only going to come to pass if I sleep less, it's only going to come to pass if I do all these things, it's, only going to, it's all on me, is that when I recognize, no, it's not on me, it's on God who called me, it's on God who equipped me, it's on God who gave me all the promises, it's on God who fills me up, it's on God who gives me all the power. It's on Jesus Christ that through him, I can do all things that strengthens me. And then I just sit back and just coast. Say, no, I said, no I'm just going to stay. I'm going to stand firm. Because if I just stand here long enough, here, remember, we frustrate the devil. If I just stand here long enough, the devil will quit because that's what he does. If, if I can just endure whatever facade he's going to paint, if I just stand and stand on God's word, eventually he'll quit because that's what he does. Eventually he'll stop because that's what he does. And what does God do? God never quits. God's word literally cannot fail. Look at this. If you understand this about Satan, it'll really help you. Look at this. You frustrate the devil because if you quit, you actually allow the devil to win. He can't win. Unless you quit. He, I'm going to say that again. Ready? He cannot win unless you quit. It's impossible for him to succeed unless you get out of the way. Unless your faith is removed from the situation, he cannot win. He cannot win, so he's doing everything he can to make sure you quit while God's working things out. While God's working behind the scenes and making your wildest dreams come to pass, he's trying to make you quit while everything, you can be almost there. You can, you can be right on the edge of the funnest moment of the two-hour trampoline park and quit. And draw back down and be safe. God said, no, I, I, I've got you. And if you'll trust in me and you'll stand in me, the devil and all his tactics and all his fear mongering and all the other stuff, he'll actually stop. This is true. When, you, when he realizes that you're a force to be reckoned with and you're not going to quit and you've got that bulldog tenacity that I'm going to stand firm, I'm going to stand in faith. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't have anything to stand on. See, that's where Romans 10, 17 comes in. Because Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes, faith is built. Faith, uh, that foundation gets built underneath your feet by hearing the word of God. So the more you hear the word of God, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second, but, but, but the more you hear the word of God, the more that foundation is, is felt. So the first time I went up there, I... And to talk about the story with Kaylee, I went up there, I bagged her back down because I was under the pressure from all the eyes. But the second time, I was more in the role of God where I'm already up top. I've already seen the other side. I already know we're going to be all right. And so I put faith in her. Baby, you're going to be okay. Daddy's got you. I got this. Come on. It's going to be fun. We got it. Come What? Right? And eventually picked her up and jumped. The thing is, God's put it on us. Hey, if you just stand... If you just stand firm, 
Look at this in Hebrews uh, 6. We spent a lot of time in Hebrews 11, but if you, if you look at Hebrews 6, there's some really profound stuff here. In Hebrews 6, I'm going to read from a different translation, verses 13, 14, and 15. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. We talked a lot about that over the last couple of weeks, and most of what, most of those 25 points I made came out of this. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name, saying, I will certainly bless you, and I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham, everybody underline or underscore this. It says, and Abraham, verse 15, Hebrews 6, 15. Then Abraham waited patiently, and he received what God had promised. You know that part at the beginning in verse 13 where it says, and God swore to himself. God swore to himself. God literally said this. I want you to wrap your head around this because when you're talking about faith, okay, I'm believing God to bring to pass healing or I'm believing God to bring to pass provision or I'm believing God to bring to pass peace or to help me with my kids or help save my marriage or help what help me on a train, help me wherever, whatever it is. I'm, when I'm believing and trusting in God to do these things, I want you to understand how God operates. Ready? He swore to himself because there is no one higher than him. He literally can't, like when you take an oath in a, a court of law, you, you, you put your hand on the Bible and you swear to God. I'm, before the Lord, I'm going to tell the truth. He has no one to swear to. So he literally swore to himself. You know what that means? He put his name his reputation, his being, his essence, his everything that he is on the line of that promise. That if I don't make it come to pass, then I'll give up being God. I, I, I'm telling you such a truth, Abraham, that you will be the father of many nations and your wife, the mother of many nations. And you will be that because I said so. And if I don't do it, I'm a liar. And if I'm a liar, then I'll just give up being God. I'll swear to myself. Now, here's what I want you to, to realize. When you're believing God for anything that's in here, that, that's why we have to understand the inerrant, infallible word of God. That the promises in here were written to you, and it's as good as God saying, I'll make it come to pass or give up being God. Just don't quit. Just don't stop believing in this. Just don't don't quit. Don't stop now because you're right on the cusp. Galatians 6 tells us that not to grow weary and doing good for in due season you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. If you don't back back down the slide to your safe spot. If you don't go home before hitting the jump again. If you don't get off the train and say, well, then I'll never get on a train again because effectively what you're saying is, well, God's not big enough to keep me safe on a train. Every time you quit, you're saying, well, God's not big enough. God's not strong enough. God didn't tell the truth. God must be a liar. And God's saying, no, no, no. I'll swear to myself that everything in here I'll make come to pass. Just don't quit. Just stand firm, stand on me, and stand on my promises. So, the first thing you need to understand, we frustrate the devil. When you stand firm, when you, when you determine, I'm not going to quit, you frustrate the devil. The other thing that you need to understand is you allow the word to work. Did you know that the word is working constantly? God's word is literally working constantly. Look at Jeremiah 1.12. Then God said, or then said the Lord to me. So the Lord speaking to Jeremiah the prophet. You have seen well. For I am alert and active. Man, that'll preach right there. God is literally saying to the prophet, hey, look, I'm alert and active. All these other gods out there, they're dead. They're not real. They're wooden. They're golden. They're fake. I'm, I'm alert. I am active. 
I am a God who is very aware of what's happening in your life. And if you believe the other mess out there, you're believing a lie. Because let me tell you the truth, baby. I'm alert and I'm active. And then he goes on to tell them, and I am watching over my word to perform it. Other translations render it in an array of different ways that say basically, I am watching over my word to make sure it comes to pass. I'm making sure that when everything else around you fails, this right here is going to come to pass. Because my word, I cannot lie. Look at this. God cannot lie. He cannot fail. So uh, Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall, re- I shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Another translation of Isaiah 55, 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. Woo! Man, maybe I'm the only one that's excited, Brother Mike. But that's, see, that's, you know why that's exciting? Because every time I latch onto a word that he sent out 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years old, it doesn't matter how old the word is. It, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. It doesn't matter how, it doesn't matter how old the word is because he's watching over it. And when I send it out, it'll always produce fruit. It'll always produce fruit. It'll always produce fruit. It'll always, see, my word, God's saying this, my word, it never fails. Then it'll go on for thousands and thousands and up to years. Even when I come back, my word will still be there. Even when I come back and rapture the church, my word is still performing. The prophecies and the thing, everything I promised, woo, everything I told you, it's going to come to pass, Miss Carmen. It's going to come to pass. It's not going to fail. It's not going to stop because my word can't stop. It's unstoppable. It's going to, see that train, we talk about trains are unstoppable. He hit a semi-truck, he slammed on the brakes and it stopped. But God said, no, my word's more powerful than a train. My word's more powerful than anything the devil can throw at you. Woo! My word cannot stop. It cannot fail. Look at this. God, did you know God cannot lie? It's literally in his Bible, in his word. God cannot lie. Hebrews 6, 18. So God has given both promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence. I can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Amen. Everybody say it out loud. Say, God cannot lie. Say, what he told me, he'll make come to pass. Now, make going start declaring this. Say, I will not quit. You know, Pastor Steve had a good phrase. We're going to steal it today. He said, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. Say it with me. Say, I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. So number one, we frustrate the devil. Number two, when we stand firm and we don't quit, we allow the word to work. God's word cannot return void and God cannot fail. Number three, you build patience. Look at this in Hebrews 6, 10 through 12. I already read part of that to you. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints. He's talking to ministers. And you do continue to minister. He says, and we desire that each one of you show that same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. He's saying the same thing to us today. Don't quit believing because when you stand firm, it not only is a testament to you, but it's a testimony to everybody else around you. And your faith will affect those around you. It will minister to them that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those that through faith and patience inherit the promises. Sometimes you believe God for something and it's not, it's like Netflix. You just scan over to it and it starts playing. Other times it takes some time. I don't know why I don't make the rules. I don't know why, but my patience cannot change because the world's taught me to be impatient. My patience, talking about my spiritual patience. I'm working on my patience as a parent. I'm working on my patience as a husband. I'm, but, but patience is the fruit of the spirit, long suffering. But I'm talking about my spiritual patience, my faith patience. That's based on God's word. That's based on his promises. So faith and patience 
I'll inherit the promises. Look at, uh, uh, look at this in this different translation. But we patiently, we want each of you to demonstrate. Everybody say demonstrate. We want you to demonstrate that the same eagerness for the fulfillment of your hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish, but you should be imitators of those who through faith, and this time it says perseverance, inherit the promises. One more translation. Now I want each of you to extend that same intensity. I want you to extend that toward a full-bodied hope. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. You have to have hope first. You have to hope to be healed. You have to hope to have a successful marriage. You have to hope to not get divorced. You have to hope to be healthy, whole, and well. You have to hope to have peace in your home, have peace, to have a sound mind. You have to hope. Well, once I hope for that, what does faith do? Faith says I have that now, that God's word has supplied it, and I have it now. Patience says I'll wait and stand on that until I see it. He's saying here, look at this. So don't drag your feet. I love it. Don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course. So I'm not, not moving when I'm standing firm. I'm, I'm continuing to walk by faith. But what I mean when I say standing firm is that I, as I walk, I'm not walking on me. I'm not walking on my confidence. I'm sure not walking on my job's confidence. I'm sure not walking on the U.S. economy. I'm sure not walking on that doctor who just graduated from med school a few years ago. Thank God for him, but I'm sure not walking on that. I'm walking on that when that doctor gives me his result, that somehow the wisdom of the Spirit of God hits him and he goes, why don't we try this? Because greater is he that's in me or he that's in him or he that's in whoever the spirit-filled person is that God's got to put in my life. The spirit, that spirit is greater. So through faith and patience, I'm walking by faith, I'm walking it out, and I'm standing firm when I walk God's word. God's word. And if you start taking a step, or even if you do, even if you take a step and you realize, you know what? Last couple of steps, that's been me. That's been something else. You know how easy it is? God, forgive me. I repent. Realize where you went wrong and just go back there and keep walking, baby. Just keep walking. Don't, don't, don't lose two, three, five years of your life because you made a couple of mistakes and you took some steps on your own and it ended up in turmoil in your life. Don't lose faith. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't stop because you ended up in a situation. Oh, I, well, that was me. I did that. Yeah, okay. Well, then ask God to forgive you and move on. He's faithful and just to forgive you. It's over to him, baby. It's over. He's done. He's already moved past. He's ready to keep blessing you. You were almost there. You just took one misstep. Go back where you misstepped and keep walking. God's good. He loves you and he's for you. Amen? All right, ready? So Hebrews 6, 12, it says, don't, don't drag your feet. Be like those who stay the course with committed faith. And then they get everything promised to them. Isn't that good? God doesn't lie. You build patience. Now, I want, you to, I want to tell you this, and I'm going to give you some practical stuff. Are you ready? The number one way, the number one way you can stop yourself from quitting is to never make quitting an option. Quitting is not an option. It's not an option. And you determine that today. You determine that now. That when I'm tempted to quit, I won't. When I'm tempted to stop, I won't. When I'm tempted to, to forego God's word and go a different direction, I'm not, I will not quit. I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. Say it with me. Say, I cannot be defeated, and I will not quit. You are not a quitter. I'm looking at a room full of people who are not quitters. I don't care what you were yesterday. I don't, want, I don't care what you used to be, who you used to be. I don't care if you quit everything in your life. Going forward, you are not a quitter. You will not quit. You will not quit God. You will not stop serving him. You will not stop again. You are going to serve God the rest of the days of your life and watch his blessings shower over you. Watch his blessings pour out over you. Watch him increase your life because quitting is not an option. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to ever give up on God's word because he won't give up on me. He said he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. So I'm not going to leave him. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. Throw whatever you want at me, devil. You're going to quit before I do. I'm not stopping. I'm not quitting. Look. Practical things. In order to stand firm, you need to realize something. Actually, the Lord showed me this earlier. This is where we're going. One of the things you have to do 
If you read Hebrews 12, so we were in Hebrews 11, right? Hebrews 12, you know what Hebrews 12 says? Hebrews 12 says, so we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And he talks about, this is that verse we quote a lot about, about casting off every weight and sin and running the race set before us. You realize you're running a race. And he, he talks about putting off, putting off, put, it, put, it, put, it, put off. He says, put off every, cast off every weight and every sin. Well, casting off the sin, we cover that a lot. Not that I don't want to cover that today, but you know, you can't um, be in faith and be in sin. So you need, you need to work to, hey, God, you've cleansed me of all sin, but I'm not going to allow sin in between us. But notice Paul says, or the author of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 1, he says, it's not just about the sin, it's also about the weights. It's also about the weights. It's also about the things in your life that are weighing you down. They may not be sin, but they may not be good for you. There may be things that you need to work on. There may be things that you need to, 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 to uh, 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 remove because they're weighing you down. You need to put off the old man. Correlated with this, Paul writes in Colossians 3.8, but now you yourselves, who? You yourselves. Not God, notice this, but you yourselves are to put off all of these. And he lists all these things. You need to put off anger. You need to put off wrath. You need to put off malice. You need to put off blasphemy. You need to put off filthy language that's coming out of your mouth. You need to not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man and his deeds, notice this, and put on the new man. I'm not who I used to be. I'm new. I'm new. I, I'm, I'm, I've been made new. I'm, not, I'm putting off the old man. I'm putting off the old man. I'm putting off these things. He also says something very similar in Ephesians 4, 22. Actually, I'm going to start back at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and I testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Jump to verse 22. That you, who? That you, who? That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man that you put off the old man, which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust. 22, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 23, or verse 24, sorry. And that you put on, so I'm putting off who? Everybody say the old man. What am I putting on? Notice here, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and true holiness. I don't have time today, so next week, I plan on teaching more on this principle. This is a book called In Him. You see how little it is. You, you can read it in one sitting. You sit down and read it. Brother Kenneth Hagin got this revelation that if I go through the letters written to me, the epistles between Acts and Revelation, those are letters written to you and I, that they are full of scripture that says in him, in Jesus, in Christ, through him, through Christ, in him, and by him, by Jesus, and take all those scriptures and confess them. And realize that I'm not the old me. The easiest way to put off the old you is to put on the new one. And so when I'm talking about standing firm, I've got several other points, several other things that I can go through, but I want to feel led to give you this today. And then next week, we're going to do whatever we can to order these, and I'm going to give a copy to everyone in attendance next Sunday. Everyone in attendance. Listen to this. Listen to this. I'll give you examples of things in here. Acts 17, 28. For in him, everybody say in him, in Jesus, we live and we move and we have our being. Then what Brother Hagin did is then he correlated, correlated a confession. So this is Brother Hagin's part. So in Jesus, I live and I move and I have my being. What a vast storehouse of power. In Christ my Savior and Lord, I have life. I have energy. I have strength for the impossible task. And you confess that over you. You realize, no, I'm not the old man. In order for me to stand firm and do the things that I'm talking about, here's the practical part. I have to put on the new man. That, that standing in faith and not quitting requires me to have a knowledge of who I am. When I wrapped my arms around Kaylee, she stopped crying. 
she knew that if daddy was brave enough to jump, she was going to be okay. Before that, no, daddy, don't do it. No, uh, no, nothing but doubt. Nothing but fear. Nothing but, no, no, there's a little screaming. Screaming. Nothing but that. But when I picked her up, stop. I didn't plan that. I couldn't have planned that. But it's because daddy was holding her. And when you confess these and you put on this new reality, you put on the who you are in Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, everybody say in Christ. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Listen to this confession. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation being with the life of God and the nature of God and the ability of God within me. I am not old, I am new. I am not who I used to be, I am new. This book is full of this, which is why I'm gonna give you next week. So what are we gonna do? What are you gonna do to stop quitting? You're gonna put off the old man by putting on the new man. You're gonna put off who you used to be by putting on who God made you to be who God created you to be, who God called you to be, who God, God has already put everything. Remember what I said in the beginning, you are actually equipped to not quit. You are actually equipped to not quit. You do not have to be a quitter. If you quit, the devil wins. Don't let him win. I'm looking at a bunch of devil stompers, devil defeaters, call it whatever you want. I know that sounds cheesy, but it's the truth. A bunch of people are going to determine, I will not quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to allow the devil to win. I will win because greater is he that's in me and the new creation that I am. So I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting. I w- I'll tell you what, I would, I would confess that right now. Just begin to I, say it, say it, say it. So ready? I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. Stand up and say it. I, I cannot be defeated. Come on, say it like you mean it. I cannot be defeated. And I will not quit. I will not stop. I will not quit. I will not give up on God's promises. They'll come to pass in my life. I'll see them come to fruition. Some of you need to confess. You need to just say that and get that in you. Get that in your being. The number one way to stop yourself from quitting is to never make it an option. I will not quit. I will not stop. I will not give up. I will not. God's promises are too good and too big and too powerful for you to quit. They're, they're too big. God's too good for you to quit. And I, I really believe this. This wasn't in my notes, but I just, some of you are right there. Some of you are right there. Right there. You know, since day one of this church, I've confessed and said and believed and asked God and prayed and put it on agreement cards. We're going to have a building. That's not totally up to me, praise God. But I'm the leader of this ship. I'm the captain, so to speak. So I feel that responsibility and I've, I've, I've carried that. But you know what's amazing? The more I put this into practice, I am more confident today. See, I don't, I don't know everything that's happening behind the scenes. I didn't understand day one what kind of money it would take, what kind of personnel personnel it would take, where I needed to grow. I didn't understand all that. That's the faith and patience part. That's the patience part. I had the faith part, but then the patience says, okay, it doesn't matter. You can't talk me out of the fact that we'll have a building debt-free and buildings to come. I can't talk me out of it. I'm more confident. Never been more confident than I am today. You know why? Because God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. The devil's the one that's in the ear saying, that, that cancer, that result, that, that uh, uh, doctor's report, that's going to be the end of you. And if you buy that lie, you never buy the truth that Jesus said, by Jesus' stripes you're healed. But when you buy that truth and you stand on that and you say, no, no, Jesus said, God said, with long life, I'll satisfy you. 
with long life. I haven't lived a long life and I'm not satisfied yet. So I'm not dying. You can believe like that. Did God say it or not? Did he say it or not? He said it. So I'm going to believe it. I'm going to trust it. I'm going to stand. Yes, is my firm foundation. And I can believe everything else or I can believe this. I can trust everything else or I can trust this. I can trust that if I get on a train, even if a semi-truck pulls out in front of it, that the train derails, I'm going to be safe. The devil can try to throw debris through the window, but I'm going to be safe. God will protect me because his word says he's a strong tower. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands and just begin to confess that one more time. And I begin, but continue. Continue to confess that I'm not going to quit. Put in your own words. I've given you a bunch of words. Just say, Lord, I, whatever it is, whatever you need to confess, whatever, however you need to say it, Lord, I'm not going to quit on you. I'm not going to stop on you. I'm going to believe in your word. I'm going to trust in who you said you are. I'm going to trust in what you said you would do. I'm going to stand firm. Having done all to stand, I'm going to stand. Having done all to stand, I'm going to stand. Having done all to stand, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand, therefore. Having done all, having done everything I can, I'm going to stand. When everybody else quits, I'm not quitting. When everybody else stops, I'm not stopping. Your word was sent out and you will make sure to perform it. Your word was sent out to bring fruit and I will see that fruit in my life. I will not quit because the fruit's growing. I will not stop because it's, it's sprouting up and I'm going to see the fullness of your joy, the fullness of your power, the fullness. I'm going to see the fullness, not the halfness. I'm going to see the fullness. I'm going I'm to see the fullness. I'm going to see the fullness. I don't want half of an apple. <laughs> I want the whole. I want the fruit. I want the whole fruit of your word. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If anybody needs prayer for anything, 